I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 165, with guest Shannon Kaiser. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no-BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so glad you are here. You know what time of year it is. I don't know about many of you, but if you have children, then probably this is the time where they've either already gone back to school, depending on your school district, or you're getting ready for them to go back to school. And isn't this like the craziest time of year? I feel like everyone's kind of like checked out, super busy, going and spending $7,000 at Target on school supplies and back to school stuff and just like kind of trying to get in your last minute vacations and haircuts and all of these things. I feel like it's a shit show for so many of us. So if that's you, feel your pain. <laughs> and we're kind of rounding the corner into another season here. We're heading into fall, which fall is my favorite season. So I'm ready for that. I'm also ready for you to hear this conversation I'm going to have with Shannon Kaiser. I love this woman. Love her. Wish I had known her longer. I'm like, how am I just meeting you? We met kind of in a funny way. Her literary agent is the same as mine, and we got book deals on the same day for, I believe, this book that she's going to talk about in a few minutes and my book that's coming out in January. And so we're like literary agent sisters. And we just have, I just, I love her. She's so smart and great energy. I think you'll love her too. In this episode, we're talking about self-love. We're talking about negative self-talk. We're talking about self-care. And I just, I, I can't say enough about how much I think she's super rad. And just a couple of quick announcements about what we have going on over here at YKAL. There is still, registration is still open for Tanning Tacos and Transformation, the event I run every year with Kira Sabin and Amy Smith, happening in Huntington Beach, California in October. That's over at Triple T conference.com. I'll let you read all about it over there. People are asking me like, are you are you guys still taking people for a couple more weeks? Yes. The payment plan has sadly ended, but you can still come. Please come. I would love to squeeze you. I would love to teach you all the things that we're going to teach there. Super fun event. We've ran it twice. 
both times. Amazing. The other thing is, is that I have room in my practice for one private client to start probably at the end of September. So I work with women who are super high achievers. They struggle typically in the areas of negative self-talk and perfectionism and control and some numbing out in there also. And what I do is I help women learn shame resilience. And some people are like, what? What is that? (laughs) Well, you know, I talk a lot about the inner critic over here, right? What I don't talk quite as much about is that the inner critic is shame manifested. I'm not going to get too much into it, but that's really what it is. So what I teach women to do, it goes far beyond learning self-compassion. That is something that we talk about, one of the things that we work on in the program that I do privately with women, but it goes far beyond that. So if you are interested in reading more about it, that's over at yourkickasslife.com forward slash coaching. Click on coaching and mentoring for women and you can go over there and read all about that. I can answer any questions for you as well. You can just hit us up at the email that you'll see on that page. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest today, Ms. Shannon Kaiser. Shannon is the best-selling author of Adventures for Your Soul and Find Your Happy. She is the founder of PlayWithTheWorld.com, named Top 75 Personal Development Websites. Her work has been recognized in media outlets across the globe, such as HuffPost Live, Health Magazine, Australian Vogue, Women's Health, Spirituality and Health, and Entrepreneur Magazine. Everything Shannon does is to help you connect to your true self and unapologetically live your authentic purpose. So without further ado, here is Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Thanks so much for being here today. Hi, it's so great to be here. I am so excited to talk to you. And Shannon and I share a literary agent. So we just got done talking and talking and talking (laughs) about the publishing world. And speaking of publishing, Shannon has a new book coming out next Tuesday. If you're listening to this, the day that this podcast episode airs, The Self-Love Experiment. And I'm so excited to talk to you about this because this is one of my favorite topics as well. So congratulations on the book, first and foremost. Thank you so much. And all right, so let's jump right in because I have so many things I want to ask you. I got a, like a, uh, what is it called? Like the PDF version, you know, like the, what is it called? There's like a word for it, right? Like the preview. Yeah, preview. Yeah, Yeah, preview of the book. (laughs) So it's so awesome. And I know that a lot of my listeners might struggle with, you know, anywhere from low self-esteem to all the way to self-hate or wrangling that, you know, wrangling from their inner critic and it can really let it consume you, you know, like, and just in the first part of your book, you talk about the moment where you decided to make a change from your self-hating ways. So talk to me about that moment of change. Tell me what your emotions were that led to you to that part of your journey. Yeah. So I think, you know, for years we've been taught that we have to be a certain shape and size just to be happy or to feel good about ourselves. And it comes from all angles, you know, family, sometimes the media, wherever, even our own inner critic. And I was buying into that without even realizing it. And so for almost three decades, I was consumed with self-hate, but I didn't know it was self-hate. And so what that turned into was this constant pressure inside of myself. And I was climbing the corporate ladder and it looked like I had everything together. You know, I made a lot of money, but I was 
an endurance athlete. I was working really hard to like have the perfect body, but my attempt to be healthy was actually making me really unhealthy because while I was participating in this like quote unquote healthy lifestyle, I was actually very unhealthy because I'd cry myself to sleep every night. My doctor diagnosed me with depression. I was actually suffering from eating disorders throughout most of my twenties. And I, this was all kind of behind the scenes. And so it was interesting because I kind of realized that I don't love myself. So something has to change. And when this really became really clear, so I cleaned up my life, so to speak, and freed myself from the depression, freed myself from all addictions and the eating disorders. And I moved back to Portland, Oregon. At the time, I was living in Chicago. And I moved back to kind of a place that my family was, and I started to write books. And so my first book, Find Your Happy, was teaching people how to be happy. And it was a self-published book, and it was back in 2012. And it was I started a life coaching practice because I had learned the tools on how to actually make your dreams come true. Here I was leaving corporate completely to start to run a thriving business. But there was one moment and very in particular, I was getting ready to go on the Seattle morning TV show. This was about four years ago. And I was at a hotel before I was getting ready to go on set. And I was looking in the mirror and I did not even recognize myself. I was crying so hard because I didn't recognize me. And I said, here you are, you're going on TV to talk about being happy, but how happy are you when you don't even like yourself? And it was that moment very particular. I looked in my own eyes and I said, Shannon, your full-time mission is to become your own best friend. And this led to a four-year journey to really uncover the tools and the actual tangible ways that we can become our friend and learn how to appreciate ourselves, be more compassionate to ourselves. And it turned into what I'm calling the self-love experiment. Wow. I like that. And I think so many people can relate to that moment of just realizing that all of the things that you're doing outside of yourself are not actually helping. Yeah. I think we kind of go through this. I kind of look at it as the box. We're trying to fit into the box. You know, are you drinking your green juice check? Are, uh-huh. I mean, there's so much pressure on us to do and be already that we forget to kind of put ourselves into the equation of our life. And that's what I was doing. I was, you know, on the outside, I was all smiles. I had a really fit physical body, but on the inside, I hated myself. And yeah. I think we all do this because we kind of don't know. And hearing the word self-love too, even, you know, going on this journey, I was like, oh, self-love's kind of selfish. And there's certain beliefs we have around self-love that keeps it just outside of our kind of experience. Absolutely. Yeah. I hear that a lot. And, and I think so many people just don't know what that actually looks like. There's definitely been times in my life where my paycheck ran out before I got paid again, and I wish I could have accessed my next paycheck a few days before I was due to get it. Well, what if I told you that can happen with Earnin? Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use Earnin for anything you need to, therapy visits, rent, or even extra self-help books. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in noise under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. Noise under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC.
feel like you're the martyr in your family, you're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Which brings me to my next next question, because you talk about falling in love with yourself in the book. So tell me what that process was like and what are some of the ways that someone can fall in love with themselves? Well, I looked at self-love and I think this is such a great question because I look at self-love as we have to learn how to fall in love with ourselves. So what we're really asking is, can we love what we feel is unlovable because at the time I hated my body and my body was my source of pain, the size of it. And no matter whether I was in my skinny body or my overweight body, it was never good enough. And I always blamed it for everything. I didn't make the dance team in high school because my body, that guy didn't call me back because my body, you know, and I think as I'm talking, some of us, yes, you know, through my research, 90% of people, women hate their bodies. That's a huge number. And so we kind of look at our bodies as the enemy. But if you're listening and you're like, no, I like my body. The, the real thing is we all, have something we want to change about ourselves. And that becomes a flaw that we kind of fixate on. And so I realized I have to learn how to love this. And when you love something, the falling is really important. Falling in love means you're infatuated. It means you're excited. It means you see the good only, right? And then we roll up our sleeves and get to work, just like falling in love with a romantic partner. It's not the honeymoon stage forever. So I had to kind of approach my own self-love journey as in what is the good that I can focus really highly acutely on and just kind of saturate myself with that experience of this is amazing. And then now it's time to really roll up my sleeves and go and look at the deep layers. What are the beliefs about myself? self that aren't really working. And I think we start there. We start by looking at our habits mentally. What is our mental capacity to say, I care about me and I love me. So it starts with the inner critic and being aware of how often you talk down to yourself about yourself. And then like switching that into a more compassionate voice. You know, my friend Mel Wells and Christine Hassler, if you know them, they're like coaches and authors. They always say, if you talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself, would you have any friends? Like we hear this, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, no, I got to <laughs> up my inner talk, right? So it starts by cleaning up your inner dialogue. Absolutely. And I I talk about that over here all the time. And I also just want to tag onto that. It tends to be a lifelong process, you know, and I don't want people listening to think like, oh, it's easy for Andrea and Shannon. They have the tools and and voila. It's not. I mean, in my experience, it's been, I've been working on self-talk now for about, it's been about 10 years. And I remember the first time I heard about it, I was like, wow, you mean to tell me like, that's not my truth. Like I just believed Mm -hmm. it at face value. That's what it is. But I know for me, it's about using the tools and learning how to manage it. So it's not about like eradicating that negative self-talk forever and just, you know, skipping along with your life. It's about what it looks like now for me. And and tell me, I would love to hear your experience too, but I hear the negative self-talk very quickly, like almost in the moment when it's happening. And now I don't think I go 
more than a few minutes going down that rabbit hole and before I'm like, okay, well, that's happening and just move on to something else. What about you? Excellent. Yeah. And I feel, you know, we all have different moments in our life where it's a constant. This is all self-growth. This is all personal development. So yeah, I think depending on the situation, sometimes I can, I do catch it. That's the work that we're doing, right? That's the work that we're writing about. And so I've learned the tools to be able to stop it. And what I say in my last book, Adventures for Soul, is see it, stop it, shift it. So how I really trained to recognize my inner critic. It's like, see it. Well, that voice doesn't feel good. It's really a fear voice. It's the voice telling me I'm not good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, rich enough, whatever it is. And I'm going to stop it. And then I'm going to transform it with a more positive thought. And the more I started to do that, the more, like you said, now it's really, it's just a practice. It's like going to the gym every day. Now it's autopilot almost. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love too, what you were saying a couple minutes ago about how it's about learning to love. I forget exactly how you said it, but it's about learning to love the parts of yourself that you deem unlovable. Cause it's easy to love ourselves when we get a promotion or we're in like the best yes. shape of our lives or yes. we're falling in love with someone who's treating us really well, but it's the parts of ourselves that we feel like it's our shadow side. It's, you know, the mistakes that we've made, all of that. That's the part where I started to like peel back the layers and I was like, Oh, that's yeah. where the real work happens. And it is. And I like that you say the real work because it is work, but we can turn the work into an experiment. And that's when things started to become a little bit more, I guess I want to say enjoyable, but actually because the work can be hard and it's challenging. And anyone who's listening and anyone who follows you and shows up for this is on a mission to live a better life. And it takes work to do that. Not everyone's committed to that. And so when we commit to a life of improving ourselves, it's about really seeing ourselves in a light that is, again, more compassionate. And I think when you're compassionate about yourself, as you peel back the layers of your fears, of your insecurities, and you trace them back, and like, you you know, you talk about therapy and how important it is. I think what we really can see is that it's not as scary as we originally thought. Like for many years, I would overeat and order binge eat, just like totally overeat, you know, and that was after my anorexia. And that was because I was obsessed with not feeling my feelings, anything to take away the human pain. And what I recommend through my experiment is what if I could really allow myself to be present where I am and that's when the real work happens is to not run from the things you used to run from instead dive into them and know that it's going to be okay you are being supported by your future self so to speak or your higher self mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I am on board with you 100% so let's talk about self-care because I feel like self-care is kind of like a buzzword these totally, days and, right? yeah. what is like a couple questions like what does self-care look like to you and Can we begin to incorporate self-care into our lives? What does it actually look like? So beautiful. And I love, honestly, with the self-love experiment and learning how to love ourselves, the very first pillar, so to speak, or foundation is self-care. I had to start there. And I had to look and I have to like get this out of the way. Self-care is not about, oh my God, I'm counting my calories. I'm drinking my green juice. I'm on the yoga mat every day. I'm exercising for X amount. For many people it is. And for many, many years it was for me. But at the same time, on the inside, I was suffering from addictions and I was depressed. So that's not really self-care if we're doing these habits to fit into a certain shape and size because we're not really allowing ourselves to be who we really are when I got honest I was like I am so burnt out with this juice I am pretty Mm -hmm. sick of yoga I'd rather go do a nature hike you know and so I got honest with myself so self-care is about being honest with yourself 
It's a radical new way to kind of look at it versus what society says is what is your diet? What does your physical body look like? What are you putting on your body? And then when you really get honest with yourself, you can transform your habits and be more caring for yourself. So today, my self-care regimen, I am today, I weigh more than I did when I was at my perfect peak, like the, you know, society would call me overweight. But today I love myself more than I ever have. And I am truly more healthy than I've been in my entire life. And I say this with such pride because the self-love experiment gave me the opportunity to practice a self-care routine that helps me thrive. And so it looks like having a very positive relationship with food. I no longer overeat. I can eat what I want when I want. I no longer have anything for me. I'm not big on diets. I don't believe they work. They restrict us. So for me, I'm not saying any particulars on purpose because everyone has to find their own self-care routine, what works for you. And so most honestly, it also includes looking in the mirror and being kind to you yourself, saying nice things to yourself, celebrating the little wins before you get to the big win. And also I exercise daily now with so much joy. Before it was, you know, as an endurance athlete, it was, I have to fit a certain number on the scale. I have to work out X amount of minutes in order to meet my program. Now it's like, that feels good after 40 minutes and sometimes 60 minutes. Yesterday I worked out for 90 minutes on the spin bike. It was amazing. So I do what my body feels. I get in tune with my body and Mm. self-care. That, drink a lot of water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, drink a lot of water. I think that it's been, I mean, that's been a lifelong struggle for me. Like I'll raise my hand and say that whole like mind body connection and, and learning to listen to your body. Like what does my body want to do today? Do I just want to go for a walk around the block? Do I want to do a 90 minute spin ride? And maybe you don't even know that until you're already into the workout. Exactly. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I've always been like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I like to plan out my workouts weeks in advance and it's going to be this and it's going to yeah. be that because of the outcome and da 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 da. Yes, the dance. Yeah, so I think on that point, we all do the dance, right? But it's very, for some of us, the dance works. And for many years, it's how I functioned. It's how I learned how to live. But I had to get really honest because the dance was covering up for me personally, a lack of self-love. And so when we can do the things, if we can do the dance or show up more fully with a love for self, then it becomes more joyful. Then it becomes more of a process where we're in our own life, enjoying each step. And so that's why yesterday I wasn't planning on doing the longer workout, but I was like, had a new playlist. And I was like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I think what it really comes back down to is what I call the me matters list, which is creating kind of a power list for yourself. And this is a commitment that you make to yourself about yourself of what makes you feel good. And so instead of saying, I have to exercise 45 minutes or 60 minutes every day, if that's what you do, and that's, you know, the process, and it's something that causes you stress, simply say, I exercise and move my body to, you know, movements that I love. So the me matters list is I take care of myself, I listen to my body. It's simple, more organic approaches to being healthy. I love that. I love that so much. So, okay. What would you say to the person that says, because I hear this a lot, like, I just feel like I'm always waiting for my life to begin. What can I do? What would you say to that person? So good because I felt that way too. And I actually call it the when is tomorrow going to be today Mm -hmm. syndrome where we're like waiting for, I don't want to say the shoe to drop, but that's really what it is. You know, where it's like, when I get this, then I will be happy. When I lose the weight, when I get the soulmate, when I have another kid, like all these things that whatever it is, that thing we want more than anything because it hasn't happened it keeps us stuck and it keeps us feeling like I'm waiting for my life to start 
what I recognized and I talk about in my book is that it's happening right now. And that's what I realized with the self-love experiment is I was so focused for almost three whole decades on having my perfect scale number, being the perfect weight, that I was missing my life. I was missing my life and the, the joy and the opportunities in the present moment. So instead of waiting for your life to happen, it starts by being more aware right now. And we hear this all the time. How can I be present? And yes, that's what I'm talking about. But how I became more present is I started to follow my dreams. And I said, what is it that I really have always wanted to do, but I haven't given myself permission to do? And the thing that really roared through was you left corporate. I used to be in advertising. You left corporate so you could work from anywhere in the world and you could write books. And yes, you're writing books, but you're sitting in your home office in Portland. So I set out on a six-month journey last year where I lived and worked from nine different countries around the globe. And that helped me really fall even deeper into self-love because I was being true to myself and honoring my dreams. So I get that not everyone can travel. It's what can you do? And at that point in my life, I could do that. And so it's about following through on your heart's desires. I love that. Okay. So repeat that question that you asked yourself, something about like, what do you, yeah, what is it? Absolutely. What have you always wanted to do that you haven't given yourself permission to do? Mm -hmm. And I worded that very clearly on purpose because you can say, what have you always wanted to do that you haven't done? It's about the permission. Why haven't I given myself permission to do what I know isn't going to make me happy? And so therefore answers why we feel like our life is on hold. I think that I want everyone to journal on that. That's your assignment. That's your free right. That's your free right. (laughs) Yes. That's a great prompt because I think that it's that permission piece too, in that that can end cover core beliefs that you have that you might not know that is fears that you may or may not be conscious of. And yes, yes, yes to that a thousand percent. Thank you for sharing that story. Yes, you bet. And and I think we would love to hear it. Like comment, tweet us, write us, tell us your dream you're living out. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. 
I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Absolutely. And I'm going to pause real quick because everyone, and you're just, I love all these wisdom bombs and the self-love experiment comes out again on Tuesday. You can head on over to the show notes to make sure that you grab the link or just find it on Amazon to pre-order it. We're going to talk about your, your pre-order bonuses in just a few minutes here. So but first I want to talk about surrendering and accepting. So we have fears and negative thoughts, the self-love journey and possible outcomes. So tell me about both the surrendering and accepting. How do they relate to self-love mm-hmm. and self-care? Yeah, so it's so important. You know, we think about self-care. You're starting to, in your own self-love experiment, you're taking better care of yourself. But then there comes a time where surrender is at the most importance of moving forward. And surrender is letting go of how we think it's supposed to look, almost like how we think we're supposed to look, how our life's supposed to look, and letting like a universal support in, letting your divine self, letting your future self, your higher self, all of this come to play and accept what is. And so accepting what is is so important because when we're trying to make changes in our life from a place of fate or a place of this isn't going well, no matter what, not just with body care and self-love, with relationships, with every single point of your life, if we're trying to make a change from a place of hate or dissatisfaction, then we can never get the change we want. And so we have to first start with surrender to the experience as it is. This is, you know, I went through kind of a 12-step program through overcoming the drug addictions and they talk first foremost about surrender to what it is. I accept what I cannot change and change what I cannot accept. I'm going to surrender the process. And through any healing process, we have to allow ourselves to be where we are with what is. And then a lot of people, I have coaching clients too, who are like, I have health coaches. I have cellulite on my thighs. I don't want it. I'm not going to accept it. What are you telling me to do? And it's rather a place of appreciation. Can we appreciate what is? Because when we do, then we can transform the experience from that place, from a place of love. Uh-huh. Yes. And it's interesting. You said that about, about 12 step programs and the whole concept of surrendering. I remember when I, it was actually my second round in 12 step program. And I yeah. remember thinking like, I only want to surrender the stuff that I am really struggling yes. with. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I felt that too. I was like really stubborn, right? But it wasn't until let me keep, the full let me keep I got. other stuff. It's working. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to control right this. I'm just going to like, you know, put it in the box. <laughs> yes. But I learned very quickly that no, like in order to, you know, you need to surrender. And that, like, I just wanted to be really clear for me and most people know, like I got the word surrender tattooed in my own handwriting on my arm because it's a one day at a time gig. Like it's something I have to remind myself of constantly. Yes, it is. I believe one of the hardest things next to finding self-love and self-love I talk about in the book is it's not hard because it's hard. It's hard because we have, we're stubborn. We have so many beliefs. The world has conditioned us to believe unless we're a certain way, we can't be, you know, worthy. So I think surrender goes hand in hand with allowing yourself to be who you are. I love that you say that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you also have a quote in your book that I love where you say all problems are pathways and you talk about embracing the struggle. So how did you embrace your journey and in what ways can, for, for people that are listening, how can they do the same? 
Yes. So first, and this goes along with surrender too. So all problems that we have, we often feel, and we've heard this before, that life is happening to us. But it's really all of the experiences that we're going through and the troubles are happening for us. And so when I was suffering through all of my you know, self-hate and blame and body dysmorphia, I recognize that this is a problem in my life, but it's also a pathway leading me to greater understanding of myself, of my truth, and of possibilities of what real self-love can be. And it's just like, you know, someone who's happy, you can't be happy without knowing the sad. And really to find true self-love, many of us have to go through these moments of wondering, do we really like ourselves? And so it starts by asking yourself that. And so it comes full circle. I was just on the morning television show last week going on the Portland show to talk about self-love in the new book. And I looked in the mirror and it was so different than four years ago when I was crying in Seattle and hating myself, couldn't even recognize myself. And I had so much love and I loved the reflection. And like I said, I'm overweight. And I looked at my body and I said, you have to be this body size to be able to share this message. And it, it was like, it wasn't even my voice that said that. And it was funny that I'm sharing this with you because it's something I haven't shared with anyone. Hello, everyone. And so it was the <laughs> first time where I realized like your problems are pathways. What I used to think being overweight or my body, you know, was my biggest problem is a pathway to truth and understanding and truly being able to love myself, you know? So it was just this beautiful first circle. So kind of ties back to your problems are grooming you for greater understanding of who you really want to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I have just a couple more questions for you. And you have what you call like the self-love principles. You talk about them in detail in your book. But for the sake of this interview, can you tell us one or two principles that listeners can implement in their lives today in order to get them on a path to self-love? Yeah, I think so. There's a total of 15 principles. And after my self-love experiment, I put them into this real clear process that we can put into play. So anyone listening, one of my favorites is how we look. Actually, it's uh, principle number six, how you feel is more important than how you look. And this became a pivotal moment for me as far as I was looking good, maybe when I was training for my triathlons, but I didn't feel good. So my my full-time mission and your full-time mission is how does this make me feel? And so feeling good in your life, life should be your priority. And feeling good means taking care of yourself, showing up for you. So that's a really powerful one that I love. And then another one that I think is really important is the more you you show, the more your life will flow. And I realized a lot of my lack of self-love is because I was afraid of showing the world and showing my friends, showing people who I really was. I didn't want to be, you know, I was bullied when I was a kid. We'd go back to our child. It doesn't matter. I always had these insecurities that I wasn't going to be good enough or fit in. But I started to say, you know what? Screw it. Like, the more me I show, I'm going to step up and be me. And then things started happening. My coaching practice started taking off. I sold another book. Like, my life started to really be amazing because I was being true to myself. And so it's about authenticity. Where are you hiding pieces of yourself because of an insecurity or flaw? And give yourself the opportunity and experiment, challenge yourself, invite yourself to show, speak up, say what you really want to say, show what you really, really want to, you know, what's in your heart. And then you'll recognize that it's not as scary as you originally thought. And then I think the final one that I'll share, I was just one more principle is self-love is not about how you look or even what you do. It's about how you live. And this is the pivotal moment. Like I said, we try so hard to look a certain way, but self-love has nothing to do with our outside. It's all on the inside. 
Yeah. I love that. Everyone needs to run out and get your book, Shannon. I'm, I'm just so excited for this. And and not just because I love this topic. Like I feel like you really have, you've really got a handle on this girl. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad to share it with you. So Yay. one more question before we wrap up, and it's a question I ask several of my guests and that's what surprises you about the work that you do with women? Mm, this is a beautiful question. So for me, I think what surprises me is, is how amazing and truly beautiful we are when we show up for ourselves on these levels that we're talking about. And it doesn't surprise me in a way that it's why I do the work. But even now, after almost 10 years of life coaching, after almost, this is my fifth book coming out, fourth book, it's like, I'm amazed that there's always a need for this work, which is beautiful because it Every next level of us requires a new version of us. And so to let go of getting there and be fully in the process and see this transformation on clients, on people, on viewers, and to see it and then see them rise to the next level. And then the next level, it's just this beautiful witnessing of why we're here to play with the world and truly live our best life. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. Thank you so much. So, okay. So the book officially comes out in like less than a week on August 29th. So do you have any kind of like pre-order bonuses? Tell us about that. Yes. Actually, if you go to my website, playwiththeworld.com, I have a whole pre-order beautiful bonus where you can get the audio introduction for free. And you also get what is the Me Matters Journal, which is a 55 plus page gorgeous design journal that is the companion guide to this book. So all the questions that are in the book, I have designed them into this beautiful take home for you. So it's a therapy for your soul, a beautiful adventure. Awesome. All these links will be in the show notes. Shannon, thank you so, so, so much for being here. I'm so incredibly grateful for this conversation. Thank you. It's been great to be here. Thank you, Ask Kickers, for being here and showing up every week and honoring yourself by listening to these conversations and trying to be a more kick-ass you. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Hey, Ask Kickers, you know what would help me out so much if you left a rating and review for this podcast. Your Kick-Ass Life podcast will always be free to you and to help me get more awesome guests and to spread the word, it helps tremendously if you leave a rating and a review. Now, they don't particularly make this super easy to do, so I'll help you out a little. If you're in iTunes and you're on your phone, when you are in the podcast app, you need to search for Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. I know, even if you're subscribed, this is how you do it. So when you search for it and you see it come up, click on the cover art, then towards the top where it says reviews, click that, scroll down a tiny little bit, and then click write a review. Stitcher is a bit easier if you're on Android. The easiest way I found to do this is to type into Google stitcher.com, your kick-ass life, and voila, my podcast should pop up as the first link. Scroll down and click write a review. That's it. Thank you so very much. You have no idea how much it helps me when you do that. All right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking